everyone. Thanks for joining us. So glad that you are here for the next installment of our conversations about finishing well. These are an opportunity for us to listen to and learn from each other as we figure out what it means to not only run the race that's set before us, but to finish that race well as people of faith. Today, we're going to be talking about the ending of our health. What does it mean for us when our health, something that we often don't pay much attention to, begins to give us problems or begins to slip away from us? How do we as people of faith walk through that ending of good health and manage complex health? Today, we'll be hearing from the Seahorns, Tyler and Tabitha, as they talk about their own complex journey with chronic illness. It's a great conversation with an even greater testimony of God's faithfulness. I'm so glad that you're here. Let's jump in. first and ultimate fear was that my wife wouldn't be with the girls and I. The life that we thought we had built on a firm faith foundation was gone forever. And that was extraordinarily difficult for two people in their 30s and two kids under 10 to understand and and to process. My biggest question at the time is why? Like, why would this happen to us? You know, with with all the evil in the world and with all of the difficult things that are out there, why would why would this happen to us when we're trying to do his work? In 2017, I prayed a prayer to take everything within me that was me and not valuable to him from me and to break my heart for what breaks his, and to give me a story that I can share with other people. And I can't help but feel like in retrospect that this struggle that we went through was an answered prayer. Um, In 2017, I started waking up in the middle of the night and I felt like a cartoon character, like my heart was enlarged and beating outside my chest and pounding. Um, I was gasping for air and even sometimes when I woke up I felt like I had stopped breathing and that's what was waking me up. There was um, something that was caught that was abnormal. The doctor came in the room you could see it all over his face. He placed his hand on Tabitha's shoulder and said, 
But God bless you. I was in heart failure, right heart failure. And a few months later, after December 2019, I would be further diagnosed with pulmonary arterial hypertension. Um, and I was given a life expectancy of two and a half to five years to live. And that was the, the moment that really started the deep struggle. I wondered where God was, and I wonder why He had left me and forsaken me. I honestly was jealous because I was not going to get to live my life with my family like I thought God um, had promised and had given me, and that um, another woman would be able to experience those things with my husband and my children that I to be part of. I had to um, pull away from so much that I didn't know who I was. I got to where I couldn't go up and down the stairs. I'd be gasping for air and have to stop. All I knew was I was a sick person that probably wouldn't live much longer is kind of how I felt. You know, what use did my life have? You know, what could God do with this? And furthermore, he probably didn't care about my life because he wouldn't have let this happen to me if he loved me. Um, I just felt like I was a burden and in the way, and I was miserable, and life would have just been easier with me not in it. I found myself on the floor of my closet contemplating just ending it all. I didn't want to suffer. I wanted my husband to go on and find a new wife. I wanted my girls to have a new mother that they could get used to um, and grow with. And I did not want to be in the way of that. While I was sitting there, um, I heard my youngest daughter hollering for my name. I had to make a split decision because she was headed towards the room I was in, and that's kind of what just did it. God specifically knew that if I heard her voice, and I think he was showing me some grace and mercy. I was supposed to have a second right heart catheterization. This was to hopefully help more quickly find treatment that would work. And then there's a pandemic and the world's shutting down and the doctor had told me it's not gonna happen. And I prayed and I said, if you are who you say you are, you do what you say you do and you keep your promises, then there's nothing on this earth, nothing in heaven, nothing in hell, nothing at all that will stop me from having this procedure that you're going to make this happen. And I need you to prove that to me. God moved and I ended up at the hospital where I was supposed to have the procedure. And I felt very alone because of the pandemic, pandemic 
no one was allowed in with me. And remember, they don't give you medicine for this procedure, so we can't say it was the medicine. I noticed this impression or pattern in the curtain, and it reminded me of a picture that I used to see in my grandmother's house, and it was the outline of the face of Jesus, that there was a painted portrait on her wall. And it was in that moment I thought, I don't need my husband, I don't need my children, I don't need my mom, I don't need my dad, because my Lord is here with me, my Creator. And He didn't leave me, and I doubted Him and needed Him so badly that He showed His face in a curtain. <laughs> I've thought about this a few times, about how Him hanging up there on that cross and how hard it was for him to get his breath um, in my own personal experience and um, how he chose that for me because he loves me. Um, and all the times I've been disobedient, how he still chose and he still walked that path and he went through that journey knowing he was going to suffer. Like you can't even put into words how much love there is for someone that would walk that and do that willingly for you, knowing what they're going to face and knowing that they are perfect and the people they are doing it for are not perfect. Um, I just feel like we owe him everything for that including laying down our own lives. He has loved me by giving me that next breath I don't think that's going to come, by answering my prayer and calming my heart when it's beating out of control, when my mind is wandering and racing and overcome with the enemy and all of his lies, and he always, always reassures me and reminds me that I'm His and that nothing will ever change that here in this life or in eternity. Everything earthly will fade or fail, but He will not and He hasn't. He has been my hope and will always be my hope. Nothing can satisfy my soul like Jesus does. He is enough and He's done enough. After experiencing only a fraction of the struggle that Christ felt, you really gain a deeper perspective for God's love. And the empathy also that comes through that for people who are suffering that don't know or haven't embraced the gospel. And for me, that's why I'm thankful that he answered that prayer from 2017 to break my heart for what breaks his and to provide me a story by which I can share the gospel.
And I think it's important we share our stories so that people don't have this unrealistic idea of who God is. Um, and that if you're following Jesus, nothing can happen to you and everything's great, grand, and wonderful. My current treatment has helped tremendously. Um, is usually only successful in less than 5% of PAH patients. Well, my doctor says I have a wonderful prognosis moving forward and can live um, 20 plus years if things continue as they are. Looking back, I had no hope for a future and that's because I didn't have faith. And if I had taken my life that day, I think about all the things I would have missed between then and now and the future I do have with my family. Um, no matter how many days, whether they be very long, very short, um, each one of those days are a gift and I do not take them for granted now. I feel like God has taught us and is still teaching us how to let Him be the God of our lives rather than us try to carry that burden of being the gods of our own lives. I would have never recognized that before this situation, that I was the God of my life. We realized a lot of the things that we wanted to go back and do and the things that we had done previously were not critical to His mission and in some cases distracting and in some cases noise. And that really emphasized for me the importance of anything that we add back be for the kingdom. Pain and suffering shows, for me, it showed me just how little I was and just how big He was. It showed me just how weak I was and how strong He was. And um, I think pain and suffering is needed in life, unfortunately, to remind you of who you are and who He is. He can do a lot more with our sickness and our imperfections than He can and our perfections and our wellness. I never thought I would be able to understand or feel grateful for the struggle. I'd love to say that I would like to go back 
and change without having to suffer. But I had 34 years before the struggle started to do that. But we didn't do it. For me personally, it's much easier for me to let God be God when I can't be my own. When I can't work through the pain, when I can't handle it. And from that perspective, pain and suffering is beautiful in a sense.